0: You're listening to Fatima Today, the official podcast of the Word Apostolate of Fatima, USA, a public association of the faithful dedicated to spreading the authentic message of Fatima. Now, here's your host.
1: Welcome to Fatima Today. My name is Barb Ernster, your host on this podcast. And today I have with me um, uh, Dennis Gerard, who's the director of the Marian Devotional Movement, and the executive producer of The Bridge of Roses, The Story of Our Lady of the Cape. I also have with me Patrick Sabat, who's the program manager and custodian of the International Pilgrim Virgin Statute Tours for the World Apostle of Fatima. So welcome both Patrick and Dennis.
0: Great to be here with you. Good. Thank you, Barb. And Dennis, welcome to our show, Fatima Today. Thank you, it's a pleasure.
1: We're so happy to have you. This is an important year for both of our organizations. We're both celebrating kind of a, a, a milestone 75th anniversary involving the Pilgrim Virgin statue of Fatima and the Pilgrim Virgin statue of Our Lady of Cape, of the Cape. Dennis is joining us from Ottawa, Canada, and behind him is a statue of Our Lady of the Cape. And Patrick is joining us from Indiana and behind him is the Pilgrim Virgin statue of Fatima, the world famous statue that's been traveling since 1947. And these two statues, uh kind of have a little bit of a history with each other and so we wanted to talk about that Um, when the pilgrim virgin statue was first brought to america from fatima in 1947 by the co-founder of the blue army our lady of fatima it was it first went to ottawa correct patrick and it was crowned there by the archbishop of ottawa canada
0: that is correct. It traveled through Canada first before it entered through Buffalo, New York, crossing the border in December of 1947. But that is correct. Ottawa, Canada was the very first uh, venue that Our Lady of Fatima uh, has traveled after it was sent from Fatima, Portugal into the world, so to speak, but it is by way of Canada.
1: And I believe that um, it traveled for 52 days as well before it came to the United States.
0: That's right. Mm-hmm.
1: And and Dennis, at the same time, there was an important tour with Our Lady of the Cape that began from the shrine in Quebec and she was processed into the capital city of Ottawa that, that same year, I believe it was in June.
2: That That's right. Actually, the procession began in May, of course, Mary's month of May. And it's actually very remarkable because, of course, for us, we just discovered that both Our Lady of Fatima and Our Lady of the Cape were traveling the same year, which is just incredible now that we're talking about this 75 years later. But yes, Our Lady of the Cape was processed here from uh, Cap de la Madeleine, Canada's National Marian Shrine, for 40 days in order to prepare souls for the historic Marian Congress that took place here in Ottawa. Yeah. So isn't that something that we had Our Lady of the Cape going from trois Vier, or Canada's National Marian Shrine to Ottawa in 1947. And of course we had Our Lady of Fatima in the same year, just a few months later, going from Ottawa to the shrine at the Cape. So really, really incredible story.
1: And so the message of these statues is so important because at that time, World War II had ended the Cold War was in full force. Everybody understood the the great evils that the world was facing, and and both these statues have a message. Um, the, the Our Lady of the Cape statue, maybe talk a little bit about the the message and the charism around that particular uh, statue and the shrine.
2: Certainly, and and they're they're very similar because they're both Our Lady of the Rosary, right? And the story of Our Lady of the Cape, of course, harkens back. To uh, many, many years before 1947, she was actually donated to uh la Madeleine in 1854, which of course was the year of the proclamation of the Immaculate Conception. She was fashioned after the medal. The miraculous medal that was known as Our Lady of the Immaculate Conception. So she, of course, wasn't known as Our Lady at the Cape at the time when she was donated in 1854. So we'll talk a little bit later about how it evolved that she became Our Lady of the Rosary. That and is Patrick. very interesting,
0: Gerard, with uh, before I, I let you speak again, Barb. Uh, the, it's very interesting. It's only now that I realize 1854, uh, you know, the Immaculate Conception. Uh, And then in 1947, this is shortly before uh, the queenship of Mary, the formal declaration uh, of the dogma of the Assumption. And then Assumption, of course, she's in heaven. She is crowned there. The queenship of Mary was uh, in 1952. But it's very interesting when she was crowned as queen of uh, the world in 1947 in Fatima, Portugal. By Pope Pius XII, who proclaimed officially the dogma of the uh, the Assumption of Mary and crowning her, so it's uh, again going back to 1917, the apparition of Our Lady. She identified herself, like Barb mentioned, uh, and you, that Gerard, uh, yes,
1: Dennis, Dennis, Dennis.
0: Dennis. <laughs> <laughs> so okay. <laughs> the it's very exciting because she identified herself as the Lady of the Rosary. Isn't this amazing? And after the World War, uh, as Barb is trying to get into uh, you know, the message of Our Lady, what is the request made by Our Lady?
1: Well, and Our Lady of Fatima comes with a message of peace. And that is always the message that you say when you're out on the road traveling with the statue. That's the message that kind of resonates across all religions and ages and and even uh, across secular channels as well, people want peace. So tell us a little bit, Patrick, about the impact the statue has had and some of the things you see when you're traveling. Because you've been traveling with this statue since 2004, is that correct, The statue
0: came to visit the Philippines, my my, uh, country of birth, in 2002, the very first time I got a glimpse of uh, this beautiful uh, image. And they asked me the next year, in 2003, to travel. Uh, We went island hopping in the Philippines. Of course, we have uh, 7,000 islands there. We (laughs) got 10,000 lakes in Minnesota. (laughs) (laughs) And so, uh, officially, I started traveling with her to the Philippines and India and Australia uh, beginning in 2003. And in 2008, I... uh, had the blessing to come here uh to the United States to continue to travel and cover more territory, so to speak, so I would be able to go to Central America south uh America here in the United States and europe uh so yes, two thousand and three part time I would say since I was teaching in a state university at that time, and I would do it during semestral breaks and uh Christmas breaks. And '08, I started doing this full time. But and the message,
1: in, I'm sorry, the message the, of peace is always, as you had said, is always part of this message that we spread been, with Fatima, and that kind of resonates with everywhere you go. And and why okay. I find it interesting this year, 2022, we're having you know, we're, our peace is being disrupted again in the world. So these these statues are very important in these tours. Right,
0: going back to 1917, Our Lady asked, you know, pray the rosary, uh, this will bring you peace. And in 1947, the statue uh, was sent from Fatima as uh, more like an ambassador of peace. You know, she is uh, the, the, the queen of peace, like our RV. I just got the RV from the shop today. Uh, and I can show you the keychain. Uh It says Queen of Peace because the uh, the mechanics there, you know, it's like, okay, what kind of RV is this? They said Queen of Peace because at the front of the RV, it <laughs> says Queen of Peace. And wherever we go on the road, in churches, in schools, this is what we emphasize. Our Lady is giving us this message of hope. This is why we call it the Peace Plan from Heaven. There is war, there is famine, there's persecutions of the church. But it's it's a little bit scary if you don't if you if you don't know where to look, or if you don't know the context, the historical perspective. Great. If you don't know that, then it can be a scary message. But if you really know and wanted to dig deeper into the message of Fatima, it is a message of hope. It is a message of peace. And it's very consoling. Wherever we go. Uh, She is not only the queen of peace in the world. You know, I always emphasize in parish churches, every venue we go to, you know, the peace that comes from Mary is Jesus. And the peace that she would like to have, it's not only the worldwide peace will only begin in the hearts of men. Mm -hmm. So the peace that she is promising... You know, when you speak to families, this is the peace in the family, the peace in the hearts of men, relationships, you know, mothers and daughters and fathers and sons and, you know, in the family. That is why it's very important to talk about peace, not only in the world, like, oh, there's war going on, but it is very important to talk about the peace in the hearts of men, peace in the family.
1: So on May 1st, there's kind of an exciting thing happening, and uh, these two statues are coming together again. Uh, the Our Lady of the Cape statue will be on the Windsor, Canada side, and uh, our the uh, Fatima Pilgrim Virgin statue will be on the Detroit side. And, and after this, there's going to be these wonderful tours that Dennis's group from the Marian devotional movement that has organized of the Our Lady of the Cape, and then the Pilgrim Virgin statue of Fatima will also tour on the United States side. So let's talk about that a little bit. Dennis, what, tell us what's going to happen, first of all, on the Windsor side with Our Lady of the Cape.
2: Yeah, maybe to give it some context, uh, and you alluded to it, I mean, this is historic. We would like to say that this has been planned by Our Lady 75 years ago. She knew that 75 years later, there would be these two images of her representing this incredible message of peace, of hope, all of the things you've just spoke about, Patrick, and that these groups, you know, Marian devotional movement and the Blue Army would be meeting on the banks of the Detroit River on each side. You know, Our Lady of the the Cape and Our Lady of Fatima is quite remarkable because in 47, they were months apart. They didn't really necessarily come together. But, you know, in this instance, we're going to get to do that, which is incredible. Um, Now, what started out with Angelina, my wife and I, who uh, are spearheading the tours here in Canada, we first started with just one tour in mind, really just going from uh, Detroit, from the Windsor area, just across from Detroit, and then making our way to Canada's National Marian Shrine. What ended up happening was there's people east and west who also wanted Mary to visit them. And these tours, started to uh, to become much more than just the one single tour. And then of course, Our Lady already knew she'd be bringing us together. So now we've got multiple tours taking place. And this May 1st launch is really the launch of multiple tours of Our Lady visiting her children all throughout North America. Mm -hmm. And it all starts May 1st on the banks of the river. So this is absolutely remarkable. I think what has been so encouraging for us here in Canada is how the uh, the hierarchy is embracing these visits. We have no less than, oh, I think it's 27 or 28 bishops across the country, including two cardinals and 12 archbishops who are welcoming Our Lady of the Cape to yeah. their own diocese. Yeah. Wow. I mean, how awesome is that? And then we have all these people that are, uh, you know, we didn't ask it. We didn't have to ask for any volunteers. People just said, oh, can we help with bringing her here? Yeah. We, didn't, we didn't ask once. They just started coming to us. Our lady brought them to us. And said, we'd like to organize something. We'd like to bring her here. So it's really been incredible. And you can tell uh, by the way, this is unfolded that this is heaven's plan. This is a blueprint that originates from heaven and not from the works of of, of our, our groups.
1: And I love the title "Mary Visits Her Children" because right now the world is is very unsteady. We're coming off of two years of this pandemic that never seems to go away, and Mary it's it's just showing that Mary is still with us. And, and visiting her children that we, we are part of, we are her children and it's a very touching message. And Patrick, you're gonna be on the Detroit side with the Pilgrim Virgin statue over on Belle Isle, correct? Right across from the that Peace Fountain, right. right across the river, waving at on each the river, other. River, we
0: could wave at each other there. It's, <laughs> it's very symbolic in a way. It, it, this is a, a such a historical event for the two uh, historic statues coming together again. Like you said, uh, it's, it's not like we're coming together, but there's still uh, the Canadian border and the United States border, uh, what we call that river, separating the two. But it's very symbolic, but it's uniting the two countries because our mother comes to us and visiting us in, in the, the Canadian side and the United States side you know, uniting our children, you know, we always say, oh, we're, you know, our Northern cousins or whatever terminology we use. But in fact, we are all children of Mary and our mother, like you said, on May 1st, the month of Mary, embarking on this pilgrimage, uh, Our Lady visiting her children, our mother coming to us, reminding us of this great message of hope.
1: And I find it interesting, even in 1947, when the Archbishop of Ottawa received the Fatima statue at the same time he had, you know, given permission for the Our Lady of Cape statue to travel. There was such a, there was just a, uh, I think the, I was reading an article where, um, I don't remember, the priest or the cardinal who wrote the article said this was the re- a response of the message of Our Lady of Fatima, that his his saying yes got this started. And I I don't want to go back historically because we know it's not going to be the same in 2022, but historically, hundreds of thousands of people came out and lined the streets to greet both of these statues. I think in Buffalo, New York, when, when the Pilgrim Virgin of Fatima came back to the United States, there were 200,000 people, maybe 300,000. I also know in, in, in Canada when when Our Lady of the Cape was processing, you, there's pictures uh, we can show pictures in the in here um, as well, but pictures of the people that crowded on the streets and, and just we're so excited for this. So there's just such a great excitement for the Blessed Mother. I know that there, we don't- There is. If I, could proud- just,
2: if I could just interject with one other thing, because I, I, it's, it's re- here's something that a lot of people are not aware of. Archbishop Vachon, who was the Archbishop of Ottawa at the time, he got the inspiration to even have the Cong- Congress here in Ottawa at a pontifical mass looking and celebrating a pontifical mass facing Our Lady of Guadalupe in 1945. So that's a very little known fact, you know, so you really see these, all these three images of Our Lady, obviously the same Mother Mary, but showing that she is universal. She's the queen of the universe. And she's coming to love on all her children. So even the instigation of this this one holy archbishop began at Our Lady of Guadalupe, interestingly enough. Yes,
1: and that's, that was 500 years earlier or so. Yes. <laughs> now part of um, the message of both of these, and Dennis, you and I have talked a lot, the, what Saint, what Mary had said to Saint Dominic during his apparitions to her—that someday between the scapular and the rosary, I will save the world. I don't know if that's the exact words. Is that? I will... Well,
2: uh, of course, these things evolve through history. Whether it was an apparition, whether it was a prophetic utterance, the point is that yes, it is. It is widely uh, accepted that Our Lady basically said that one day through the rosary and the scapular. I will save the world. Mm -hmm. And St. Dominic had a meeting with uh, St. Angelus and St. Francis. There's actually a plaque in Rome signifying where this meeting took place, where he uttered these words. And it's absolutely remarkable because we see this now really coming to fruition in our day with, I would say, the emphasis of the message of Our Lady of the Cape. And of course, Our Lady of Fatima, because they they both represent the same message of the rosary. But even more than that, a belonging to Our Lady and how we like to describe it. And and maybe I'll share a little bit of background, if it's okay on Our Lady of the Cape. Our Lady of the Cape, her story really matured through a parish priest by the name of Father Luc de who discovered a pig chewing on a rosary. And after this discovery, he decided to renew the confraternity of the Most Holy Rosary, which is like a worldwide club for people who pray the rosary. You know, it's, it's got an ecclesial dimension to it. And... Subsequent to that, within five years, he'd enrolled 3,000 people, and it's really what got things going. So, in other words, as we band together, uh, enrolled in the confraternity, it unleashes a torrent of grace. Right. That torrent of grace becomes a river of grace. And of course, a river is so deep. How do you stay afloat in the river of grace? Well, you need a life jacket. And what's that life jacket? Well, that life jacket is the brown scapular. Yeah. That life jacket is the brown scapular that, that keeps you afloat. And what does that represent? It's your pledge, of course, to belonging to Mary. And Patrick, you can speak more to that. And what's amazing, though, is as you're in this river, and of course, when we're recording this, this, uh, this Sunday is Divine Mercy Sunday, this river <coughs> is not going nowhere, it's going somewhere. This river is going to the ocean of mercy. Right. So you imagine the Rosary Confraternity unleashes these graces that convert hearts. It inspires people to consecrate to Jesus through Mary and belong to our Blessed Mother. And we want to be led, of course, to that ocean of mercy. It's a remarkable story of hope.
1: And there's yeah, such a, a tie-in. It's
2: thing to say. Yeah. Uh, it's, it's beautiful the way you...
0: Yeah. You, you presented it, the description, it's, you know, to a lot of our listeners, a lot of our viewers here, I believe this will have an impact. You know, you see that river, you see that floating, uh, flotation device, you know, it's it's beautiful. that That is, I really love that.
1: And we know that this is definitely part of the Fatima message because Lucia, who defined it, and she defined the parts of it that, um, are so perfectly in line with St. Louis de Montfort's teachings as well, that part of this is to wear the brown scapular and to be consecrated to Mary. So Patrick, speak to that.
0: Absolutely. I mean, uh, you you mentioned Dennis also with the, uh, you know, like Lucia mentioned in one of her uh, letters, uh, she said, you know, who could teach us more and lead us to the divine mercy and the ocean of mercy we're talking about than the mother of mercy herself which is our lady and as we uh wear the brown scapular as a sign of our consecration you were mentioning the sense of belongingness to mary but the message of fatima one of the the, the key elements is the consecration wearing the brown scapular as a sign of our consecration you know going back to the little details if we try to say Okay, I will wear the brown scapular, kiss it, you know, every time you are, you know, every in the morning, your your morning offering, and every time you are so tempted to do silly things in your life, you would kiss the scapular, you would say, Mary, all I have is yours, my eyes, my ears, you know, my lips, my hands, use it as if you would use it as your own. So again, the sense of belongingness to Our Lady. Uh, Mary, uh, Sister Lucia said the rosary and the scapular are inseparable. It's simply because exactly what you are trying to describe here, uh, Dennis, you know, they are inseparable because they lead us to Mary. You meditate on the life, death and resurrection of Jesus through the rosary. And with the scapular, I always use this analogy. It's more like your Kevlar vest. You know, the rosary is your weapon. The rosary, you know, Protect you from all the attacks. There will be a lot of uh, attacks there, uh, spiritual battle in this life. But with the scapular as your weapon and the brown scapular as your shield, we can fight this battle.
1: And those were that's why they're so important to both these messages. Now, both our organizations are members of the Coalition for um, Eucharistic and Marian Apostolates. So we're part of it, it's a group called SEMA. It formed a couple of years ago. And part of the initiative of this, Dennis, was to establish the Rosary Confraternity in Marian Shrines across North America and hopefully throughout the world. And so that's something we have done at the Blue Army Shrine in New Jersey. We are now established as a rose, uh, where you can enroll in the Rosary Confraternity. I believe it's part of uh, the tours with Our Lady of the Cape where you're going to be promoting the Rosary Confraternity Talk a little bit about that. I know that, you know, with the Fatima message, we're asked to pray the rosary every day. And so when you join the World Apostle Fatima, you're committing to that. But the Rosary Confraternity goes all the way back to St. Dominic. Is that correct? Does it go back that far?
2: Yeah, certainly there's, there is there uh, is documentation that would, would relate to that. But I would say that something uh, that's maybe more recognizable is Pope St. Pius V, prior to the Battle of Lepanto, reached out to the Rosary Confraternity in Rome. And th- you may know that he established the feast on October 7th, and it was formally known as Our Lady of Victory. And then two years Pope uh, later, Pope Gregory uh, changed it to Our Lady of the Rosary. Mm-hmm. So the Rosary Confraternity is very, very much develops quite hand in hand with the story of the rosary, because that's evolved over time too. how to play it or how to pray it and all of these different things. And of course, the Dominicans are known, this is known as their sacred heritage. So, uh, what Our Lady is doing in, in this day, and it's it's again, you can you can get a sense that she is truly driving the RV. <laughs> You'll probably appreciate that, Patrick. And in that she is directing how these groups are coming together to promote and unite under this confraternity of the Most Holy Rosary, which has really been mostly lost to history. Mm -hmm. So the blueprint that we like to promote is is this sense of establishing the confraternity in Marian shrines throughout the world to really band us all together because it's a very simple and efficacious way to do that. So as you said, uh, the Blue Army has established it, which is amazing. Um, Our Lady of Good Health, the first approved apparition site in Wisconsin. And of course, we have the Rosary the Rosary Shrine in the UK, where the promoter general of the uh, confraternity uh, abides and is. And he's basically um, written a letter of authorization by the master general authorizing us as the Marian devotional movement to spearhead the renewal and revival of the confraternity based on the simple model that we started at Cap de la Madeleine, which is online enrollment. And it's quite remarkable, because at first, we were wondering, you know, would people enroll beyond our borders? And it didn't take long before we had people, of course, from your country, the United States, and from countries as far as Australia and, and uh, Europe and Africa. So we have literally 1000s and 1000s who have enrolled. And we thought, we spoke to the, uh, the promoter general and said, boy, imagine if we had multiple Marian shrines all doing the same thing, reaching out and uniting us. And what a beautiful way to do that. So it makes sense that the Blue Army would be one of those first Marian apostolates that Our Lady would draw into this initiative just because of the reach and because of the uh, conformity with the message of Our Lady of the Cape, which is the message of Our Lady of Fatima. Mm.
1: Well, I think it's so exciting that it feels like Mary certainly is on the move in our times and she's becoming more um, prominent in people's lives, which is something that I know St. Louis de Montfort really was preaching about 200 years before Fatima. And I always say he's kind of the common denominator here. I feel like we're living out the times that he was talking about, that he was hoping for, that he was, he even talked about in the latter times there will be people specially devoted to the Blessed Mother, and and they will become her her children that will fight all the uh, idolatry, the schismatics that we're going to be fighting with rosary in hand and scapulars around us and belonging to confraternities, banding together under these types of um, great and powerful prayer movements that have always been a part of the church and I think are so important. We've kind of lost them, like you said but being part of a, a worldwide confraternity of people who pray the rosary. And so then when you do say your rosary uh, under the confraternity, you're praying for everybody who's a member of that confraternity, and they're all praying for you. And it's, it's really, Dennis, to get more and more and more people under this umbrella of praying the rosary, including, of course, what we do, with Patrick, with the Fatima messages. Getting more and more people to respond to what Our Lady is asking for us and believing in the great power that, of this weapon that she's given us. And then, as you said, divine mercy is coming up. It's all going this river of grace toward the grace of the ocean of mercy that comes from Christ. And so, Absolutely. And
2: you just mentioned St. Louis de Montfort. St. Louis de Montfort became a third-order Dominican in order to promote enrollment in the confraternity, the Most Holy Rosary. Yeah. And Pope Leo XIII wrote an incredible encyclical in 1893 promoting the rosary and he really made a plea for please establish the confraternity of the most holy rosary wherever it is not canonically established so you as the blue army have responded to pope leo the 13th 1893 plea and he said this message is not only for the dominicans it's for anyone who has the care of souls now what's particularly interesting about this uh, encyclical is he, ju- he spoke about the three ills of that day, the three things that were really distressing everybody in that day of 1893. And guess what they were first one. That was a problem. Oh, people were despising normal family life, yeah. you know, husband and wife and children. The second thing that was a real problem was people didn't really want to embrace any kind of suffering. Okay. And the third thing that he highlighted was that people had, you know, no real care about the afterlife. So, wow, doesn't that sound like yeah, today? It does. So he goes through methodically how the joyful mysteries address and reinstate, of course, the dignity of family. The joyful mysteries. And then, of course, the sorrowful mysteries are very clear in sharing You know the efficacy of the passion of Christ and the embracing of suffering to bring about salvation. And if you ever want to get excited about the afterlife, well, just start praying the glorious right. mysteries for a little while. Right. Oh, my goodness. Faith, hope, and love. The assumption of the Blessed Virgin Mary and her crowning as queen of the universe, queen of heaven and earth. Mm-hmm. So he knew instinctively. That praying the rosary was the answer to what was troubling mankind then and what is troubling mankind today. And further to that, he knew that banding people through the confraternity was the easiest way to do it because it was already ecclesially established. And I am absolutely as confident as I could be that he's up there praying and interceding, saying, "Finally, they're listening and they're starting to establish the confraternity."
1: Praise Almighty God! And it's no mistake that Our Lady of Fatima identified herself as Our Lady of the Rosary. That's absolutely no mistake. So, Patrick, before and both of you before we we end this because we've kind of run out of time, is give give us some final thoughts here, and and then we'll put up. Information on both the tours uh, that are happening with the Our Lady of the Cape and the tour that the International Pilgrim Virgin Statue as well, and information about the May first event, so people can join us. But give us your thoughts—just uh, things that touch you about when you're working with the statue or when you're you're working in these apostles. What's touching you? What is? What's the message you want to give people?
0: You know, it's uh, always what fascinates me is how people respond. To the request of Our Lady, when they see this beautiful image, Uh, a lot of uh, signal graces are received during our visitation. uh, Answered prayers, not because it's a miraculous statue, it's because they hear the message and they get connected to it again. You know, it's it's you touch base with it, and you know, bam, it's like you are being called by our mother like personal it's like a personal visit and i encourage everybody if it's a personal visit you know it has to be a special one from our lady she is visiting you for a reason mm-hmm. and you need to respond the people respond they open their hearts you know they the graces are there we only need to open our hearts to our lady then it will flow. I think a lot of people are, are afraid, a lot of people are desperate, but it should not be that case. There is this message Our Lady has given us, we only need to respond, and I always say, please say yes to Our Lady. That's our motto. Whenever we go, wherever we go, we always ask them, say yes to Our Lady and it
2: will change the world.
1: How about you, Dennis? Are you going to be traveling with the statue when it when it goes on its tours in eastern? Yes, areas?
2: Angelina and I will be at every uh, stop with our with our central tour. Of course, there's a western tour and an eastern tour. The Queenship of Mary community is traveling with uh, a full size replica statue going to the east coast, and then we've already sent Our Lady by way of a beautiful flight case out west. She's already in Manitoba getting ready to uh, welcome and visit her children there. So from our perspective, one of the things that both on uh, Angelina and my heart is that we want people to understand that, A, God loves them, and B, he has a plan for them. You you just kind of spoke about that. There's a reason, Patrick, why she's coming to visit you. And we know from the word, from Ephesians 2.10, that God has plans already prepared in advance For each and every one of us. And the message of Our Lady is guess what? I'm here to help you. I'm here to help you with that plan. Just belong to me and let me lead you. And of course, St. Louis de Montfort did an amazing uh, service by writing True Devotion to really give us a sense of what that means. And we can go a lot deeper with that. So the very simple message is God loves you, He has a plan for you, and Mary will help you achieve that plan. So that's uh, that's the main message that we will be certainly promoting as we go along, along with encouraging people to enroll in the confraternity. And for those of you who are obviously your viewers, uh, yeah, they can go to your site to enroll in the confraternity. And you also have a link. You're one of Mary's media partners to the Bridge of Roses movie which is absolutely inspiring. If you want to be inspired by our lady working from generation to generation to generation, and now calling you, she is writing you brothers and sisters into her story in our day. Watch this film because this film will just set you, uh, you know, just set you a flame yes. for love for the, for the sacred heart and the immaculate heart of Mary. Amen.
1: Thanks for mentioning that. Yes, that is on our website as well. So, um, so on May 1st, if you're in the Windsor, Canada area, or if you're in Detroit, uh, please join us on the Windsor side. It'll be at the Peace Fountain down by the name of the park. is. is the, yeah, the Peace side.
2: Fountain is the way we know Peace it. Yeah, and Peace then
1: Fountain. on the United States side, on it's going to be on the Bell Isle on the Strand, kind of east of where this uh, Maritime Museum is. Correct, Patrick?
0: Uh, I believe so, yeah. And I, I, you'll I... see the RV we can put it on the link, you know, yeah. the map and the RV. You can't miss it. It's, it's the Queen <laughs> of Peace, bringing the message of peace to a world in need. And certainly this is what we've been talking about. The world needs Our Lady today. It's very important to participate in this, be part of this uh, confraternity, and reap all the spiritual benefits, not only for you, but for the family, for the country, and for the whole world.
1: So thank you both for joining me and we'll have the information uh, up on the podcast here at the closing scene on how to reach both Visitation Project and Blue Army. And thank you again for joining us. And if you like our podcast, please subscribe to Fatima today and we hope to see you again. Thank you.
2: God bless you. Bye-bye. God bless. Bye for now.